Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, we'll talk Championship Sunday. The azcardinals.com awards are out. We defend our choices. Plus, updates on Vance Joseph. Sounds like he's here to stay, which selfishly is good news. DJ Humphreys, he now has weekend plans. And Zach Allen, always love athletes breaking their own news. Speaking of which, Larry Fitzgerald, a not-so-subtle clue as to what's new with him. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 532, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins... Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So we're still waiting for the press release, one that I'm fairly confident in saying is not coming. And we're still waiting for the press conference or any formal announcement for that matter. And again, I'm fairly confident in saying that is not going to happen. What are you talking about, Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah, that's that's an interesting story over the weekend. So, MJ, we're, we're looking for clues here. And the biggest clue that we have seen, the last of Larry Fitzgerald in a Cardinals uniform, as if this past season didn't provide enough clues, came from the man himself. MJ Fitz joined LinkedIn, which is, for those that might not be aware, a social network that focuses on professional networking and career development. His profile, though, listed him as investor, philanthropist, former athlete, which raised a lot of eyebrows, MJ. Well, according to the Arizona Republic, quote, I am not retired. He might not be retired, but in what definition, though? That's the He thing. said, can we put this on ice and let me live my life, I'm paraphrasing, with peace? Not going to happen, Fitz. <laughs> Because you're Larry Fitzgerald. It's just not that easy to walk away. People want to hear from you. We've seen him. I mean, it was just over the weekend playing pickleball with Michael Phelps, and he was interviewed, didn't say anything about his future. But the LinkedIn page, pretty extensive background. But then at the bottom, wide receiver, Arizona Cardinals Football Club, 2004-2021, 17 years. Now, it actually should read 2004-2020. to he was not with the team in 2021, and that's important because people want to know, well, he hasn't officially announced his retirement, so what that means for the Hall of Fame. No, that clock has already begun. He's now four years waiting to hear his name mentioned as far as the Pro Football Hall of Fame is concerned. That is if he's one of the people that gets enough votes and becomes from a finalist and is one of those players that gets the knock on the door, so to speak. But right. And- four years away. And I always thought you had to fill your retirement papers, but that's not accurate. And he better get in then because the following year, <laughs> possibly Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger, and I feel for Roethlisberger. It will be uh, overshadowed a little, maybe just a little bit. Even Rob Gronkowski could be a first that's ballot That's true. I didn't think about that one. That's Yeah, you're getting some. Now it's our generation, MJ, which is going to make <laughs> us feel old. The players that we watched growing up and paid attention to, and now it's, okay, now their time is ending, and we're going to be a little bit more familiar with their speeches, their accolades, as opposed to the players from the 60s and 70s. Now this is a long shot. Because I still think he's going to play. Can you imagine if Aaron Rodgers retires? Oh, yeah. That you're, <laughs> that would be a heck of a Hall of Fame class. <laughs> Might like, have to do it over a couple of days to well, get everyone Well, you're there. talking about first ballot. Like, you know how many guys are waiting on the list? I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to continue to play. I was just kind of being tug-in-cheek there. I do, too. And, again, Fitz, it doesn't matter – that you haven't said anything we're all (laughs) operating here on cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as if you have retired we'll say the word even though you won't what did you think of his get up playing pickleball he looked like an athlete he didn't look like a former athlete to me i mean he had the not knee pads on but he had the entire get up it was probably a little chilly on friday night but he is and i what i did not know that christian kirk plays a little pickleball as well. And it was actually Kirk that got Fitz involved in the game. It's sweeping the nation. Drew Stanton plays. Mark our colleague. Dalton. Yes. 
the and, senior and, vice president and of media relations. Mark Dalton and Drew Stanton beat Larry Fitzgerald. Maybe Fitz needs some work. Maybe that's what he's going to okay, spend his time Okay, you want to go a step further? He has a pickleball coach. Well, didn't – you know, that sounds like – what was the story? And the 1992 Dream Team, Michael Jordan lost to someone in ping pong and then hired a coach and just kept practicing and practicing until he had – and I can't remember the other player, but that's just the – Competitive tell, Exactly. That you are never – satisfied and you want to be the best at whatever you do we'll end it on this the linkedin thing doesn't surprise me he is a businessman yes those are business connections and speaking of business connections while we're got larry fitzgerald on top of mind named executive chair for the arizona super bowl host committee which mj really is a fancy title for ambassador for the game but he will be at the super bowl and on the field or at some point that weekend and during the course of the week because from what I can tell, he's going to take part in the ceremonial passing of the football from the L.A. Super Bowl Committee to Arizona's on February 14th. Well, we know we know this guy's a renaissance man, so he, he's, he's a pillar when it comes to the, uh, the state in this franchise. You think I should start asking for tickets now? <laughs> for this one or for next year? Next year. You know what? It, it does pay to have uh, friends in high places, and you can't get any higher than Larry Fitzgerald. Now, I will say this, because I was listening to an interview uh, coming to the facility today from Trey Hendrickson, and he he was in um, New Orleans last year, and a lot of people questioned, you know, was why did he go to Cincinnati? And people don't know this. Players – pay for their own tickets now they may get up to 15 but players have to play for pay for their tickets so it's not like larry's gonna have five tickets to hey so and, and you know you don't want the price i was just being joking but i'm sure trey henderson's phone's ringing today guys he went to grade school with and at the end he said he, he talked to a couple patriot players he said take care of your family and focus and do it that, and that's why you get that two week window. Do it prior, yes, because you don't want to be. And again, yeah, you, you, uh, we'll get into the, the, the title, uh, championship games because I was impressed with both head coaches had to say right after the game. All right, we'll talk about championship Sunday momentarily here on Cardinals Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. But some other items specifically focusing on the Cardinals coaching and. Players, first on the coaching aspect, Vance Joseph, among the candidates interviewed for the Dolphins' head coaching position, reportedly not among the candidates to be receiving a second interview. And word is, MJ, the Dolphins want an offensive-minded head coach, and that's not Vance Joseph. He's a defensive-minded head coach. Yeah, and I, and I think it was unfair because, uh, you know, I think one of these gambling sites came out and thought, listen, it's a favorite. And then people see that and then they, they announce that. Um, to me, he obviously had a direct uh, coalition and relationship with the owner, Stephen Ross. So that, that helps when you have people in the building that know you. But coming off of Brian Flores in the situation with Tua, uh, you've got to figure it out. Now, to me, you hire the best candidate and, you, and, and tell me who your your coordinators are. But clearly, we know it's a, it's, a, it's a passing league and an offensive league and, you know, defensively, you know, depending on what they do on that side of the ball. So I, I understand it. Uh, the names, you know, it, it's down to like two different candidates. Yeah, and, and it's both offense. So, but hey, Vance, he'll get another opportunity. But again, it's important to get in front of these decision makers because at these owners' meetings, people talk. Hey, what was the interview like? So you never know when that's going to happen. But um, he was always focused on being the coordinator, and uh, I'm sure he's, he's chomping at the bit to get better from what happened last season. And we discussed this before here on Cardinals Cover Two. Vance deserves another opportunity, a better opportunity than the one he received with the Denver Broncos. Though, I'll be honest, I'm glad he is not the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And whether he gets another opportunity with another one of the openings this offseason or not, I want to see Vance Joseph back running the Cardinals' defense. And continuity matters on both sides of the ball. And year four, I think it does matter and it does help because we have seen this defense improve. Now, it was a little bit of a drop back as far as the final four or five games of the regular season. But overall, the defense in 2021, ninth in scoring, 
10th best on third down and fourth down, 11th in total yards allowed per game. They took the football away, 7th most takeaways. Their 14 fumble recoveries were the most in the league. But red zone, and I think that will be a key focus this offseason. They were 19th, whereas early in the season, they were top 10, top 5 in scoring defense, red zone defense, and third down defense. Those are the three categories that Coach Joseph always points to. He's probably happy with the scoring defense and third down defense, but red zone scoring, 19th, probably won't sit well with him. No, and and let's be honest, just like the offense was affected by injuries, and nobody wants to hear it, but they're, they're facts. I mean, and the defense was hit with injuries, especially the secondary, and then, you know, obviously losing, you know, Chandler for a couple games there. Um, and then, you know, Marcus Golden kind of hit the wall. Uh, Zach Allen was playing injured pretty much the second half of the season. So, you know, again, usually the teams that are the healthiest or, you know, have the most depth. And I thought, you know, from a front office standpoint, this team had depth. I was impressed how they came out of training camp. Uh, the guys got a ton of reps, so it wasn't the, the, their eyes weren't or the game wasn't bigger than them. Um, but, but again, the Cardinals need to get better on both sides of the ball. And I think that's something that where, you know, it's a long off season. They'll figure it out. But they got to get better in that front seven. And you got to get some, you know, some – some difference makers, but at the same time, you're going to have to retain some of your own players. Well, you mentioned one of those players, Zach Allen, and I love it, MJ, and it's a big reason why I'm on Twitter and social media because players now break their own news. And Zach Allen tweeted on Friday, this past Friday, January 28th, quote, surgery was a success all season. I was playing on a torn-up ankle, but that's behind me. Can't wait to get back for 2022 at 100%. God is great, hashtag Red Sea, end of tweet. Now, I went back and looked. Zach never missed a game due to injury this season. First time in his three seasons as a pro, that can be said. He did miss two games after testing positive for COVID-19. However, those final, what, two, three, four weeks of the regular season, he wasn't practicing a whole heck of a lot and did show up on the injury report with an ankle injury. Well, as from when a guy's drafted what in the third round and his first year he obviously didn't finish the season uh, he didn't have to have surgery but he was dealing with a neck injury you don't want to get that label there was a game that I want to say during the season where he left the field went in the locker room came back out and he went back in the game so maybe that's where the injury started um, obviously probably you know, went in there and they would tape it up or some medicine so to speak um but you're right, he wasn't practicing. So I think it's, it was important from – because he worked out hard in the offseason. He worked out with J.J. Watt. I mean, he learned different weights, uh, different how, how to lift weights, and he's put weight on from year two to three. But he, I think he was cautious of, I don't want to have that label where I can't survive an entire NFL season. So that just tells me, you know, he was willing to play hurt. And, you know, a lot of guys will – usually at the end of the year, you find out who's had surgery, whether they – if they don't announce it, we don't find out about it unless we get to off-season workouts and he's coming off surgery, et cetera. Um, but it's good he got it done now so he can be ready for off-season workouts. But um, you could see that, you know, he was playing, um, you know, hurt. But I, I respect the fact that he was on the field because he was one of their better players down the stretch. Career highs in tackles, sacks, passes, defense, recorded his first interception and scored his first touchdown this past season. And you wonder, you know, I, I don't know how extensive the surgery was. Didn't sound like it was all that bad based off of reading between the lines of a tweet and how this might affect his offseason workout plan. I'm sure you know, every guy, every player has to take some time off to let the body heal. But we heard – Zach mentioned last offseason, along with Lecky Fotu, Rashard Lawrence, Michael Dogby, that those four, along with J.J. Watt, spent a considerable amount of time together away from OTA's minicamp, working out here at the facility and spending a lot of time off the field together to kind of get to know one another to hope that translates to better on-field chemistry and on-field success. I do think Zach Allen took a nice step forward in his third season. Now you just want to hope that the rest of those players, Adogby, Lawrence, and Fotu, take that next step as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, Lucky Fotu, he is he is what he is. He's a rotation guy. He's a run stuffer. They need to get more production out of Richard Lawrence. And once again, uh, he got injured. 
And so when you're injured, you're not able to play. You and I were out there for one of the practices. We could tell that something was wrong. He was upset during the open portion. So, you know, he, they're looking for him to do a little bit more than lucky. He can play a couple different positions. And if you go back to week one, he was a starter against the Tennessee Titans. That might be a position group. J.J. Watt's under contract. Jordan Phillips is under contract. We'll have to wait and see on his future. Zach Allen, Rashard Lawrence, Michael Dogby, Lucky Foe, too. And then Corey Peters is your lone free agent amongst that group. But I do hope, and because they're so young, that that Zach Allen, Rashard Lawrence, and Lucky Foe, too, can, can stay together and improve because you don't want to be addressing the same position year in and year out. Yeah, and some guys make the jump from year two to three. Some guys take a little bit longer. The good news is you're not asking these guys to be J.J. Watt. You're going to be a rotation guy, and I think it all starts with Zach Allen because he's probably going to get the most reps week in and week out, and then you got to hope to rotate the guys. And I, I anticipate they'll add to that position just because you can never have enough linemen. Um, and usually you go to camp with 9, 10, or 11, and usually you dress 7 on game day. So depth-wise, I kind of like where they are, but they got to get maybe more of a difference maker um, to go with J.J. Watt and Zach Allen. So we wish Zach Allen the best, and then very happy that D.J. Humphreys now all of a sudden has some plans coming up this weekend. Named to the 2022 Pro Bowl, initially selected as an alternate. He replaces Cowboys offensive tackle Tyron Smith, who was unable to participate because of an injury. So Humphreys, with his first career Pro Bowl selection, couldn't be happier for him. Maybe a year overdue, but nonetheless still an important honor and important distinction singling out Humphreys as one of the best tackles, not just in the NFC, but the entire NFL. Yeah, and you and I talked about it for a long time, you know, since we've been doing the show and just prior to conversations about, you know, and, until you get a guy that is an all-pro or a pro bowl player, you're not going to get the respect nationally. And, and as a unit, we, you know, we need to see these, this offensive line under Sean Kluger make strides. Now, based on injuries, they didn't finish the way they started the season. Uh, you didn't have your one-two punch. Kyler wasn't running as much. So they are in more in pass pro, and teams were getting to the quarterback. But this is well-earned, and he should have made it last year. And, and I'm happy for him because he was an original draft pick by the organization, pretty much redshirted his first year. He, uh, he took his medicine, and he didn't like the comments that were made about it. He had a chip on his shoulder, played well enough to get a contract extension, and he's going to get another contract extension. So when you look at the position in the NFC and, and probably in football, um, it's tough to find a left tackle that plays every single game. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, he only missed one game since he's been here as a starter. One game missed over the last three seasons, and that one game was earlier this year after testing positive for COVID-19. Otherwise, you can pencil, not pencil, you can put D.J. Humphreys' name in ink at left tackle. I remember at certain points in the year, you would remind me that he was the only player that started every game when it came to the offense. I mean, you had injuries at left guard. You had in injuries at center, right guard, right tackle, running back, wide receiver, tight end. It was an impressive statistic before he missed the game against the Dallas Cowboys, but now Humphreys in a class amongst very few as far as when you look at offensive linemen to represent the Cardinals in the Pro Bowl. First time since Mikey Potty in 2015 and the first tackle since Loomis Brown in 1996. That's going back a ways. That was the first year I started covering the Cardinals. 1996? You're dating yourself there, MJ. Well, it was Vince Tobin. <laughs> And he wanted to, he wanted to bring in uh, you know a left tackle and uh, obviously uh, you know I, I want to say it was um, uh, the Cardinals had a choice to take Simeon Rice or a, a, a tackle and once they got Lomas Brown they would decided to go out and get Simeon Rice maybe I'm, maybe I'm mixing up the years but. Um, Lomas Brown was a great fixture here, and then he ended up going to Cleveland, and you know he's he's had a great career. He actually does his color analysts for the Detroit Lions. So again, could not be happier for DJ Humphreys, named to the 2022 Pro Bowl. So now you've got five total Cardinals that are headed to Las Vegas this weekend. Buda Baker, James Conner, Chandler Jones, Kyler Murray, all will represent the Cardinals, and those five names 
five players the most since 2015 in a single season. And that's the year they went 13-3. and three. Yes. And you and I talked about it, you know, even though the voting is done before the um, before the regular season's over, I think when you win 10 or 11 games, and at the time they were 10-2, and two, you know, usually you see the Chiefs or the Patriots back in the heyday, they would get seven players. So I think it's worthy. Unfortunately, it, it's it's not what you did in the postseason or how you finish the season. It's the body of work until they're voting. So I think they're all worthy. And it's nice to see some guys that were drafted by the Cardinals uh, that are representing the Cardinals. And, of course, you know, you look at the James Conner signing, one of the best signings. Um, according to Football Outsiders, he had the best value for any signing in the offseason based on his salary and production. And then you, you throw in Chandler Jones, obviously. Um, not Chandler, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Chandler, okay. Maybe maybe you talk about one of the best signings, James Conner, and then Chandler Jones, maybe best the best trade, trade ever yeah. for Steve Conner. And that's what we always talk about. There's different ways to build a roster. We want to focus so much on the draft, unrestricted free agency, re-signing your own free agent, and trades. One of the, one of the you know things you can look at Steve Kime and he'll be the first to say anyone in the, in the building would say you got to get better in the draft. But when it comes to trades, even the Zach Ertz trade, I mean, there's, there's trades that he made that have impacted this football team. DeAndre Hopkins, and then for you go a back, second round pick, right, second and five, Carson Palmer. I mean, yeah, right there that tells you what the general manager has done. But yeah, drafting that certainly can improve. But I think you could say that about maybe about ninety. 95% of the general managers around the National Football League because there are always players that get away or you select and don't pan out. It happens every single season. But overall, you look at this past draft class, I think you know we were expecting more from Zayvon Collins. But other than that, they got some contributions, and you've got to count special teams contributions. But this 2021 draft class was pretty solid in the regular season. Yeah, and they got to get more from Rondell Moore. Uh, probably figure a way to use him after watching Debo Samuel. I, I'm sure every single team is trying to find that guy. Yep. Now, different size a little bit, but he puts that foot in the ground. And, you know, Marco Wilson, he he, he was he got off to a good start, but teams started targeting him. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that these guys got valuable experiences here and hopefully Collins can be that next guy. Um, you know, it usually takes two or three years. Nothing happens overnight. Victor Dumukeji contributed on special teams. And don't forget, Tay Gowan, part of that Zach Ertz trade. So you're using an asset yes. to acquire an asset that was value valuable for the Cardinals this past season. So, again, congratulations to DJ Humphreys and all Cardinal players that will be at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. Much more throughout the week on those five players and what they're doing, what they're saying on azcardinals.com. Uh, we'll talk about that as the week progresses. I'm actually looking to see Kyler Murray get back on the football field. I know it's two-hand touch. Um, I'm sure he's had some dark days, and knowing him, he's going to be motivated, and hopefully he's learned from this and watching the playoffs, you know, just seeing what teams do. Um, and, and, and Buda Baker and Chandler Jones, they have such a great relationship. They're all close. So in our social media, uh, media content they do a great job they'll be there to cover it so i'm looking forward to getting a chance to hear from kyler murray not from what happened more to where let's look ahead and and i'm not doing the interview but they have such great personality so i think we're going to see some good stuff on social media cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals as we discuss the cardinals awards the azcardinals.com's annual end of season awards as voted by a 27-member panel, there are six category categories, MJ, and we'll discuss all six. And then there's, I wouldn't say a discrepancy, but uh, I do have a bone to pick with you on uh, on one award. But uh, how do you want to do this? You want to go? You want to start at the top, or you want to go talk Player of the Year? Or you want to start at the MVP spot? You want to go MVP? Let's start start at, the at the top. All right. Well, you've been talking about Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray, the most valuable player in 2021 received nine votes but one of six different players to receive at least one vote which I think speaks to this entire season that there was not one central figure if you will that you can say all right they're the reason that this Cardinals team won 11 games now the quarterback is going to get a lot of the credit in fact Kyler Murray was my choice for MVP just because of how well he played at the start of the season you got to look at the entire body of work, but how he played at the beginning of the season going into the Green Bay game on Thursday night football, he was an MVP candidate. 
didn't finish like one, but the numbers that Kyler Murray has put up this season and over his three seasons are uh, hard to um, are hard to ignore, especially when you put him up against some of the better quarterbacks around the National Football League. So Kyler Murray wins MVP. Yeah, and listen, if he would have been able to stay healthy, um, maybe this team you know doesn't have the uh, the downfall in the second half of the season, but. You know, I do give him credit for being out there, but um, you know, it's it's unfortunate that it's like two different seasons. You look, he was in the MVP conversation. I mean, this team was winning on the road. Um, he was taking care of business. Um, they were rolling, 400 yards, 30 points a game, beating quality teams, home or away, at least when it came to the start the season, and, and beating the Rams. That was really a, a really good game on the road. So. Uh, but again, it's just how the season ended. But clearly, he's the MVP, and and I always think watching the weekend games and watching the playoffs, you, you need that triggerman, and hopefully, you know, he can figure it out in year four. Well, as much as people want to focus on Cliff Kingsbury and finishing seasons, Kyler Murray's got to do a better job finishing seasons. I mean, his numbers are dramatically different when you look at the first eight and then you look at the last nine. I mean, completion percentage drops, interceptions are up, touchdowns are down. So, and it goes back to, all right, you look at a year ago, it's what happened after he got hurt. And now it's this 2021 season, all right, what happened after he got hurt against the Packers? How did he come back from that game? And he had his moments, but overall not consistent enough compared to the first seven games going into that Green Bay contest. Yeah, and and I hope that he goes back and watch the film of the playoff game because that's not Kyler Murray and, you know, so my write-up on Kyler Murray, he made major strides this season, was in the MVP conversation after 10 or 12 games, set career numbers and completion percentage, you said, 69.2, yards per attempt, 7.9, and a quarterback rating of 101.5. I think he showed improvement throwing the ball 9, 10 to 19 yards. His, his arm strength was on display with the deep balls. Now it's about finishing where this team has to make adjustments. Other teams do it. They have to counter. Only time will tell in, in the growth of Murray in his four-year. It comes down to the little things. And the little things are what kept this team from winning the NFC West and being one and done in the postseason. But overall, Kyler Murray, number two in completion percentage, eighth best quarterback rating, and his 24 touchdowns ranked 12th overall, which I think – we were expecting a little bit more considering how the season began. But Kyler Murray, the most valuable player. Now, quick um, update, Bird Gang. I don't like voting for the same player in different categories. So I tried to separate and reward as many players as possible. So I don't have any repeat. Like, as we go into offensive player of the year, you could make a case for Kyler Murray. And some of our colleagues did. But I don't – I can't put – the same player in two different categories. That's just how I went into this year. I don't think I doubled up. So you didn't, but I know some people did. Okay. And offensive player of the year for me, and it was, in fact, a runaway because of the 27 voters, 20 chose James Conner as offensive player of the year. Six went with Kyler Murray, one to DeAndre Hopkins, and I understand – out of sight, out of mind, the value in absence with DeAndre Hopkins not being on the football field. But I don't think you can ignore 18 total touchdowns and what James Conner was able to do in short yardage and goal line situations. We talked about it. You brought it up earlier, the free agent signing as far as value. That was a heck of a value signing in the offseason. Yeah, according to Football Outsiders, just based on his salary and what he was able to prove on the field, he was the best signing value-wise. Now, clearly, Cardinals were able to get him at a nice price, and he came in here, and he was a bully, and he's physical, and I think it was contagious when the way he was running the football, the way he would come to the sidelines, and just a great guy. And one thing we really didn't know about was how he can catch the ball in the backfield, and it was very, uh, he was very effective. I just could keep going back to the two games that Colt McCoy started on the road and how they ran that screen game, and he was taking a five- or six-yard run now making it a 20-yard gain. So uh, thoroughly impressed in, in the fact that 
he was playing hurt down the down the rest of the season. A lot of guys were playing hurt, but when when you're dealing with ribs, and I think that was probably the case why he didn't touch the ball a ton in that Rams playoff game. Over a thousand yards from scrimmage when you factor in his rushing totals and receiving totals, his 15 rushing touchdowns tied for the second most in the league, and a big reason why the Cardinals' 23 rushing totals tied for third most in the National Football League. So, hopefully. James Conner is back. We'll wait and see on that. We've both made our opinions well known that we want to see James Conner back in a Cardinals uniform. Yeah. You know, when you look at it, his numbers speak for themselves. Ranked third in the league with a career-high 18 touchdown, tied for second with 15 rushing touchdowns, both of the second most ever in single-season franchise history. That's impressive considering – what the expectation was going in, that he might not get a lot of touches. It was going to be Chase Edmonds for the bulk of it. And then when training camp, Coach Kingsbury saw the ability of Connor to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I was like, all right, let's see if we can't utilize James Connor a little bit more. And they did. Well, when Kyler Murray was missing games, he carried this football team with his bully running style, physicality, and energy. I mean, again, uh, yes, the quarterback usually gets all the, all the credit and the blame, but when this team didn't have um, Kyler Murray to where the running aspect, Colt McCoy did have some runs, but it was more trying to run the ball. He carried this football team. His attitude, his physicality, I think, rubbed off on a lot of players in that locker room. So MVP Kyler Murray, Offensive Player of the Year, James Conner, Defensive Player of the Year. Here's where we get a little bit of an issue, at least in my opinion, and I'm in the minority. But Buda Baker – Defensive Player of the Year. Received 14 votes, including yours. And, again, this is nothing against Buda Baker, but MJ, the real Defensive Player of the Year in 2021, Jordan Hicks. And it's unfortunate because only myself, Darren Urban, and Paul Calvisi understood the true value of Jordan Hicks in 2021. That's fair. Um, but he didn't play well down the stretch. I mean, I, listen, I – it's, if you're, I'm talking about the guy who made impact plays. So I, there's no right or wrong answer. I know you're just kind yes. of picking a scab. I can build a case for him, definitely. Um, but I just think Buda Baker, to me, he's the face of this defense. Um, Jordan Hicks, I got a ton of respect for. He, you know, the way he came to camp and the way he dealt with as a professional because it was important to him to show his kids and his family you don't quit in life. You, you, if somebody does doubt you, you show them and they're wrong. And he proved that a lot of people were wrong. So, But, again, playing a ton of snaps, it happened in the last couple, couple of years. I'm not big on just grades. I, I'm, my eyes tell me that um, they, he didn't play as well down the stretch. Now, I know it's body of work, and, and Buda Baker to me is just kind of the heart and soul like Marcus Golden of his defense. So uh, I, I can understand. Now, who would who, Paul Calvisi and Darren? Yes, the three of us, wow. like-minded people, we realize, and this is what I wrote about Hicks. Just imagine if Hicks wasn't on the team, as was rumored in the offseason. No one played more snaps, and only Jalen Thompson had more tackles. That was my reasoning for Jordan Hicks as being Defensive Player of the Year. And I'll maintain, it was the best move that wasn't made in the offseason, getting rid of Jordan Hicks, either by the team's choice or by Hicks's choice. Yes, he did ask for a trade couldn't come up with a significant deal to satisfy both parties. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen next season. But in 2021, if this defense did not have Jordan Hicks, I don't know if you win 11 games, make the playoffs. Well, we said without this defense, they wouldn't have been 10-2. and two. Yes. And early in the season was the defense that really pushed this team over the front, over the, over the top as far as wins versus losses. Yeah, I just go back to to last off season because I, you know, again, more it's not hearsay, but the Cardinals did think they had a deal for Jordan Hicks. And the next day, that the other team they signed a really good inside linebacker. Just didn't happen. Now, in addition to Hicks, Chandler Jones got four votes. Marcus Golden got three votes, and we're. Being a little tongue-in-cheek here, there are no wrong answers unless you're disagreeing with myself, Darren Paul, here on Cardinals Cover 2. Okay, just uh, just since you're mentioning names, who voted for Chandler Jones? It's a good question. I don't have that list in front of me, MJ. 
Wow. <laughs> Don't have did, the entire list. I, did we, I just did looked we, up to where who you picked and who I picked. Okay. Did they vote after week one? <laughs> I kid. I kid. Could be. I don't know. Ten and a half sacks, perhaps. Marcus Golden, uh, right. double-digit sacks. Who knows? Okay, how, how many sacks per game then? What is that, a half a second yeah. game? I kid. Again, it's going to be a fascinating offseason when you look at a handful of players, both free agents and who are under contract for at least one more year, i.e. Jordan Hicks. So that's defensive player of the year, newcomer of the year, and here's where we get a double up. And I could not put – James Conner won with 12 votes, but I could not put – James Conner's newcomer of the year. I wanted to spread the wealth and spread the attention. So, Well, if Hopkins plays the whole season, he's probably the offensive player of the year. Yes. So you go quarterback, offensive player of the year, and then all of a sudden newcomer or that's – but Conner earned it. Newcomer of the year, James Conner. Others receiving votes, Rodney Hudson, Zach Ertz, J.J. Watt, and Matt Prater, which was my choice along with Drew Stanton just because of his success – kicking PATs and field goals, winning games. Yeah, he did lose game against the Colts. You had those seven points, and the Cardinals do beat the Indianapolis Colts. But it was a position in kicker that I wasn't worried about at all during the course of the season, even during his misses. It was like, okay, he's been there, done that. He'll be able to overcome it and be okay. Give me a guy that's going to play 65 snaps a game. I understand, but it's it's part. No. It, it, it's but I no, and you're right. It's it's not a lot of time, but it's a huge part of the game, especially last off season. What we're talking about, got to upgrade the well, kicker position. Just look at just look at this weekend. Look at these these this this rookie kicker in, in Cincinnati, McPherson. Yeah, I mean this guy's like got he's got like blood in his veins or whatever how you per, per, uh, mention it, but. Yeah, there's there's other categories where you could have put Prater. True. Could very well have put Matt Prater in beyond the box score player of the year. That went to Rodney Hudson and beyond the box score bird gang where you can't really – there are no statistics to right. measure the value of a player. That's Ice why, in his veins. That's why a lot of yeah, – there you go. It came to you, didn't it? It's where you go with maybe an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, or someone on special teams. But Rodney Hudson with 10 votes, 12 different players received at least one votes, including your choice. Andy Lee. And I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, without Andy Lee, that's where they had the miscues. I mean, it doesn't show up, but when he when he's not out there, Aaron Brewer, there's a drop off. Andy, I he I'm the only one that voted for Andy Lee. Yes, you are. <laughs> but you know what? I totally get it. And when you and don't discount his punting. I mean, he ranked third in the league, averaging 49 yards a punt, and his 41.9 yard net ranked eighth in the league. So he's still very capable. He's a free agent. I want him back, but he's still very capable with his right leg. Well, and, and that was part of it, Craig. There were times when this team would go three and out, and he would change field position and the defense back on the field again. So, yeah, I Would mean, you call him last year Andy Lee? A couple years ago, the weapon. Couple of, was it not last season or the year before? Yeah, a weapon. 2019? Yep, weapon. Because he – and then he, the fact that, you know, when they had – Trent Sherfield and some of these other guys, they were down the ball at the four or five yard line. But his his the way he can kick the ball to the ten yard line and, and whether it bounces forward or back, it's almost like he's playing golf and he's 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 got a shot and he's trying to get on the green. I mean he he's mastered the art of punting. Five touchbacks, twelve of his fifty one punts inside the twenty yard line. Now some of those stats can be misleading because where are you kicking from? What's the situation call for? But when you talk about inside the 20-yard line, you're pinning your opponent deep in their own end. And there were times in weather games, especially in Chicago, he had a he basically had to kind of kick it a little bit lower and line drive it. Yeah, no, I, and I like his hang time. As long as you can protect him and, you know, sometimes it can, you know, obviously um, – you know, do a trick play out of there, even though he'll have to move positions. But we did see him throw a ball. That's true. He completed a pass. He is on the list of Arizona Cardinals players to complete or to attempt a pass, I should say, along with Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, Chris Strebler, Christian Kirk, Chris Banjo. Um, yeah, Andy Lee can 
can throw the ball if needed. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I got when I I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to see him because you know <laughs> COVID and all this stuff. But I'm going to let him know I voted for him. Beyond the box score player of the year in Mike Jarecki's mind, Andy Lee. I went with the majority with Rodney Hudson. The final category, play of the year. And I thought this was going to be uh, no doubt, no question about it. But 10 different plays received at least one vote. The winning play, Jonathan Ward's helmet catch on a fake punt against the Dallas Cowboys. I just thought the degree of difficulty just made it stand out among any other play during the course of the season. Yeah, I would agree. But, you know, I do like when uh, Kyler found Rondell Moore uh, for that touchdown. Was that against the Vikings? We scrambled and then found more behind the defense. Yeah, that was against the Vikings. And then some of the Hopkins inside the red zone, the one one time where you just made these defensive picks look silly, he was able to stop on a giant change direction. Yeah, but that that play, I mean, the the difficulty of what Jonathan Ward do, first of all, Banjo had to throw it, and then, you know. Who had never attempted a pass in his (laughs) career. Football career. Right. High school, college, NFL, never attempted a pass. (laughs) Yeah, in, in, in some of the James Connors runs. His one-handed catch. It, yeah. Uh, one particular one against the Chicago Bears, especially given the weather conditions. Yeah. And then scoring on that one-handed grab. So, yeah, a lot of plays. Uh, so, it wasn't a runaway. A year ago was the Hale Murray, better catch by eye. This year, I thought we had the catch of the year again. But there were more choices or at least more voices out there that thought it was some other play. Do you think a lot of these um, nominee or nominations were for the first half of the season or down the stretch? There were a lot from the first half of the season. <laughs> That's when they were winning. Yes. When this team, when this offense was rolling. Yeah, a, a lot I from noticed the first that. half. So, again, recap, azcardinals.com, annual end-of-season awards. Kyler Murray, MVP, James Conner, Offensive Player of the Year, Buda Baker, Defensive Player of the Year, James Conner, Newcomer of the Year, Rodney Hudson, Beyond the Box Score, Player of the Year, and Play of the Year, Jonathan Ward's Helmet Catch on a Fake Punt. You go to azcardinals.com for all of the choices that were made. It's got all 27 people throughout the broadcast and digital departments on the uh, choices, the selections that everyone made. And, uh, yeah, you can – let everyone know that you disagree with uh, a lot of them. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, you know, no I was, wrong answers unless they're different from yours. I was right? listening to the radio last week on 98.7, and they were going through the entire list. It's good. It's good content on azcardinals.com. 27-panel. Yeah. Broadcasters, behind Love the it. scenes. Oh, we got a great crew here. It's a very good job over on azcardinals.com. As we continue here on Cardinals Coverage 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's wrap up this edition with a little look back at Championship Sunday. We know the Super Bowl, it will be the Rams and Bengals at SoFi Stadium. We can get into that matchup later on, but specifically the AFC, the Bengals, topping the Chiefs 27-24 in overtime Cincinnati rallied from 18 down, tying the largest deficit overcome in an AFC title game. And, yes, Bird Gang, both quarterbacks touched the football in overtime, but that's only because Patrick Mahomes got picked off in OT. Can you imagine if the Chiefs ran, uh, <laughs> scored a touchdown? We already dealt with this the previous week. They, they would have changed the rule. If the, if, if the Chiefs would have scored a touchdown, they would have changed the rule, I guarantee you. And here – what do we? What do I say? You have to play defense, and they did. Von Bell with the interception, the third play of overtime. The Bengals took over. Rookie Evan McPherson, a 31-yard field goal, and the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl for the first time in 33 years. I love the uh, Cincinnati uh, social media. That's why you draft a kicker. Exactly. Was the only kicker drafted correct? I, I don't know. Maybe fifth round. Though. Fifth round. Yeah. Yeah. That's why you draft this guy. Holy smokes! It's and here, see, and and you know, I know there's going to be the comparison now with Joe Burrow, who's 25 years old. Um, he's already a year older than Kyler Murray, right? And he's already has three playoff wins. You know what? Uh, this guy's Joe Cool. I mean, he he you can't rattle him, but give the franchise a lot of credit. They could have drafted a lineman. They're going to have to address that because he's he will not survive. Although he was talking about Burrow, he's only sacked once. I know. But I'm just saying, 
last week was 11, two were negated, yeah. nine sacks. And, he, and I guess his headset went off, so he was calling his own place. I did read that. Overall, Burrow, 23 of 38, 250 yards, a couple of touchdowns, one interception, the first number one overall draft pick to lead a team to the Super Bowl in just his second year. And really his first full year because year one got cut short with a knee injury. Craig, they were 4-11-1 last year. The year before, they were 2-14. and 14. And you're talking about the AFC. Now, obviously Brady's in the NFC. But, I mean, all these young quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, this, this is remarkable. And, and, listen, they have the smallest scouting staff in the NFL. Um, and I, I was happy. To, I was happy to see Mike Brown get the trophy. Remind me of Mr. B for the George, George Hallis Trophy. In this case, Lamar Hunt from the Chiefs. Um, it's a remarkable story. And Duke Tobin doesn't get enough credit. He does not get enough. They have a. They, I mean, they don't have the biggest staff when it comes to scouting. Um, but they, the fact that they could address the line. Hey, this guy tore his ACL. We're not going to let him get hit anymore. And they take Jamar Chase. Yeah, it was a decision that at the time people discussed, criticized, yet right now it looks great because Jamar Chase had a phenomenal first season. And, and they're down 21-3, and P. Lund gets that touchdown, and all of a sudden the second half, okay, Mahomes in the first half. You ready for this? It was kind of like, and I tweeted this out, pup, uh, like teacher to student, right? Mahomes, 18 for 21, 220 yards, three touchdowns, quarterback rating 149-9, third down four for four. Second half. 8 for 15, 55 yards, interception rating 34-0, third down, 2 for 7, 28%. What happened in the second half? Yeah, it was a tale of two halves, really, and a great job by the Cincinnati defense to really stop Patrick Mahomes, who, I mean, that first half, they could do no wrong against the Cincinnati Bengals. But it was a key. The key was getting that score before the half. Other 20, when you're down 21-3, now it's twenty one ten. And that was a what, a forty one yard pass from Burrow to P line? Yeah. Yeah. So the Bengals are in. They topped the Chiefs twenty seven twenty four in overtime, just how everyone predicted. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> On the other side though, in the NFC, it is what people expected. The Rams rallied past the 49ers twenty to seventeen. LA is in the Super Bowl for the second time in four seasons, their fifth Super Bowl appearance. They had overcome a 10-point fourth-quarter deficit. They scored the game's last 13 points with three straight scoring drives. And Matthew Stafford, that acquisition, Von Miller, OBJ, all those moves pay off. Now there's just one more step for the Rams to really solidify the attention to veterans versus young draft picks. You know, I really don't want to say this, but I do have to say this because I've been – kind of harsh on them where I felt they were arrogant and, and going in and Kroenke made it clear I don't want another team playing this year but but I got to tip my cap to this to the Los Angeles Rams um, they did it a little bit different last year the Buccaneers went all in and of course when you get Tom Brady here they went all in uh, by obviously making a trade for Stafford bringing in OBJ Von Miller and and I got to give them credit because they don't value draft picks, but they did draft Cooper Cup in the third round. Yeah, Cup, a couple of touchdowns. He had over 100 receiving yards. Odell Beckham Jr. had over 100 receiving yards. But this is a game that is going to stick out. And once again, like we saw in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, the 49ers and that second half, fourth quarter collapse. Jimmy Garoppolo and company, last pass attempt, perhaps, in a 49ers uniform, Garoppolo intercepted by Trayvon Howard, which sealed the victory, and now a huge offseason ahead for the 49ers on what to do at the quarterback position. Yeah, and, you know, people, you know, when you win, like last year, the, the Rams lost a couple players to the Browns, Johnson, the corner, and Troy Hill. So guys want to get paid, but I got news for people. The Rams aren't going away. As long as they got Sean McVay and, and Matthew Stafford, yeah, you, you're going to have to replace players. You can't pay them all. Um, clearly, they, they've gone in. But I, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with for over the next couple of years. And I really, you know, we'll see what happens with Seattle. Obviously, you think they'll move on from Jimmy Garoppolo with Trey Lance. So there's going to be a learning period there. But uh, I don't think this is – I mean, this is twice in the last three, two, three or four years the Rams are in a Super Bowl yes. with two different quarterbacks. Yep. 
And it's a reason why they went after and acquired Stafford because Jared Goff got them there, but they didn't think Goff would be able to take them over the hump. That's exactly right. They said Goff can take us to Stafford. Now, let's give Matthew Stafford a ton of credit. Nobody had more pressure on him. And it's nice to see because, you know, you play in Detroit and people look at his win-loss record even though he got a chance to play. Um, not a single quarterback going into this postseason had more pressure to him. You know, could he win the big game? Uh, can he? Is he going to throw the ball to you? Um, you know, he had one interception. He threw the ball 45 times yesterday. Completed 31 passes, 337 yards, a couple touchdowns. So, I give him. I, and again, I, I I root for these stories because you know if you're in Detroit, you're probably not going to get a chance to do that. And the fact that he went to the biggest market um, in football besides New York, and the spotlight was on him. It, it was it was Super Bowl or bust. That was that was what they looked at. If we don't win a Super Bowl, it's it's a you know we could look at making the playoffs, making strides. And, and again, they're much ahead of us. But yeah, you know, I just think that the Rams are not going away. Had not won a playoff game. Zero and three. Talking about Matthew Stafford. Now here he is, three and zero with one more win to host the Lombardi Trophy after that game. And we'll get more into the Super Bowl and our thoughts on the Rams and Bengals. But, uh, again, it was difficult to watch. And, uh, well, just a quick tease, I'm a Cincinnati fan in two weeks. 100%. Hey, what did you think about the officiating this weekend? I thought it was perfect because never discussed. And the best part of officiating is when they're not noticed. And I don't think they were noticed. They let these guys play. There were 14 penalties called combined in both games wow 14 usually have 14 in one over game. four teams that's 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 pretty good that's you know three per team at one point per team? at one wow. point one team had like zero penalties the other team had two for 15 yards yeah i counted them up 14 according to my niagara falls map <laughs> good stuff there <laughs> and uh that's a good note to end this edition <laughs> of cardinals cover two presented by hyundai proud partner of the arizona cardinals Special thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. Much more on the Super Bowl in the days to come, but we'll leave you on that note. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.